We are living in an amazing time in uh, the history of our country. We're living in an amazing time uh, as far as our values as Christians go and how they're being challenged in the culture. Today, Mark Meckler joins me at the podcast, and we're going to talk about the state of education and where we go from here. He has some powerful insights, which I think are really going to bless you. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. As you know, yesterday we were talking about the Convention of States and how important it is that American citizens get involved again in the governance of our country, what it looked like for the founding fathers when they first founded this amazing nation and what it looked like to be a politician. Uh, The founding fathers would be scratching their heads at what we have made politics into. And they gave us a bit of control recognizing that power corrupts. And so we're very much there in the culture right now. Today, we're shifting gears a little bit in our conversation, and we're going to talk about the current state of education and where we go from here. Mark has some wonderful insights. I know you'll be encouraged. I want to uh, to switch gears for just a second and talk with you about the state of education in the United States. It's something I, I tackle routinely here at the show. Yeah. You know, I'm a super fan of homeschooling and believe that the school systems really cannot be salvaged at this point. And given the fact that you travel all over the country, what is your, when you think about where the schools are headed, what's your take on on what we can do the best, the best way for uh, the adults in the room, the non-crazies, to be involved in the government school system? Because the, I think we should take our kids out, but the fact of the matter is the government school system's not gonna go away. It's gonna remain. And we've got to we've got to be thinking about ways that we can take some of this crazy, you know, the, the 1619 Project, Critical Race Theory, Social Emotional Learning, Conference of Sex Education. It's a Molotov cocktail that is injuring our youth, body, soul, mind and spirit. Where do we go from here? Well, first, I'm in complete alignment with you. If, if you're a parent, your kids are in any of those schools, even what I would call the quote unquote best of them. Take your kids out if you can. And I know that's really hard. I don't say that lightly. I didn't homeschool my kids. They were sort of partially homeschool. We lived in a pretty safe school district way back when. But if you can get your kids out, get them out. And even in the best schools, because you don't know what's going on in every classroom. You don't know what's going on every minute, and you can't know. If you can homeschool your kids, if you can get them in a good, solid, private Christian school that has great values, do that. But I'd warn you, even Christian schools are going woke nowadays. So be really careful about that. Barring that, You got to watch your kids like a hawk. You got to meet all the teachers. You got to see all the curriculum. We had to do this even in a good school many years ago with my kids. We had to fight back against some of the curriculum. Be an advocate for your own kids. And then to folks who have kids that are grown like me, I don't have kids in a school system. You got to fight anyway. Because if you're not going to fight for kids in our society, what purer cause could there be? What more important cause could there be than fighting to protect kids? not just from wokeness, but from the idea of teaching the kids that boys are girls and girls are boys, that genital mutilation is okay, that chemical castration is okay, teaching them bizarre gender ideology, teaching them to learn to judge people based on the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. It's up to us as citizens to be engaged. So that means go to your school board meeting, do what you did, Heidi, run for office, run for school board. We've helped a lot of people all across the country get elected to school boards. By the way, a lot of them don't have kids. A lot of them have never had kids in the district. They just care about kids in our society. 
Look, I'm a person of faith. Jesus Christ told us to watch out for the least among us, children first, right? He mm-hmm. wants us to be like children. He wants us to watch out for the children. So I would say get involved and fight for your local school district because you're right. Whether we pull our kids out or not, they're not going away and they're going to continue to educate the majority of kids in our society. Yeah, I think it's true. And if we think about it in real time, you know, these woke institutions and the NEA, the National Educators Association, one of the worst unions to ever exist in the United States, really is pushing a radical agenda into the schools. And so people will say to me, oh, it's not in my child's school. I live in, you know, I live in, you know, Podunk, Indiana, and we've got a super great district. And I'm telling them, if your teachers participate at all in the National Education Association, which they probably do, they're probably in the union, even though, hey, teachers, you can get out. Yep. Uh, then if they're part of that union, that stuff is in your school. And it, just because you don't know it's not there doesn't mean it's not there. And I wonder what would happen uh, if we actually looked in real time at the numbers, because these institutions are turning out by the hundreds of thousands every year, kids who are little Marxists because they've grown up uh, learning this ideology and we didn't know that it was happening. Yeah, it's interesting. So I live in a pretty conservative area of Texas. Uh, my school district is the Leander Independent School District. I didn't really even realize this when I moved in. I have kids that are not school age anymore. So you move into an area you don't pay attention to the schools. Well, there was a lot of controversy in my school district. There's pornography in the library. And this made it all over the country that there are moms who are reading the pornography at the school district meetings and they shut them down. That's and right. so what I did is I started going to school board meetings. You know, I travel. It's eye opening, isn't it? Oh, it's stunning. And I did it during mm-hmm. the height of COVID and they were separating us six feet apart in our chairs and forcing us to wear. <laughs> it was it was because the Rona won't get you. Exactly. If you're six feet apart, dude, the Rona won't get you. I I put a I wore a shirt the other day that said um, socialism distancing, and oh, then I above it that. I just said uh, six feet is not enough. <laughs> that is true. You know, at this meeting, what happened is they had us all sitting six feet apart. All the conservatives, which are the majority of the people in the room, they were debating a mask, reinstating a mask mandate. All of us just scrunched our chairs together. We were laughing, joking, having a great time, enjoying ourselves. On the far side of the room are the leftists. There's maybe 10 of them. They're all terrified. They're double masked, goggles, sitting, you know, 20 feet apart. They got the COVID scaries. They got, they got worse than the COVID scaries. It's mental illness. It is. And so no, you see is. that and you think, do I want that imposed on my kids or do I want my kids to look like this? Where people mm. are enjoying each other. There's camaraderie. There's fellowship going on. We're praying together. It's pretty obvious where the healthy mindset resides. Yeah, it is. And 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 really, you have a very healthy understanding also, as I hope most of, of God's people do, people who have the Holy Spirit inside of them. We know that God's word teaches us that our days were ordained for us. So before we take a single breath, God already determined, you know, this is how long you're going to be here. I've got you here for this amount of time. And when I'm ready, I'm going to bring you home. And whether it's COVID or cancer or car accident or it's the return of the Lord, uh, one day we're going to we're not going to be here. And it takes the fear out of it. And I know that uh, that was what one of the big things that my friend uh, Rob McCoy said to me when Absolutely. I was in the middle of running for Congress. And a couple of times I called him and I was scared. You know, things that happened, people tried to scare me. And occasionally they were successful, especially when they were taking aim at my children. And I remember talking to him one day and he was just like, Heidi, what are you what are you afraid of? You're, you know, you either walking with the Lord or you're not. Either believe that he's in charge or he isn't. And if he's in charge, then it's already been decided. So get out there and stop being afraid. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? He, he was like kind of Mordecai to my Esther. You know, had a little bit of a shaky moment. He was just yeah. like, listen, 
if you can do it or don't do it, uh, God's going to deliverance for the people and come from a different place, but you and your father's family will perish. I mean, that was kind of the, that was kind of the message I got for him. But I think that's the message that Christians need in this generation to recognize that we should be at school board meetings. We should be running for Congress. We should be running for city council. It matters, and we don't need to walk in fear. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yeah, and I would add, and look, I think Rob is just, he's a hero for the times. Like he, he was is. called for this moment. He stood strong throughout COVID. I watched his, his teaching because it gave me hope. It gave me courage. Uh, you know, he called people to be out in society, to be members of, of his church. His church grew during COVID. Really incredible. And, and one of the big things is, and we need to remember this as Christians, when we proclaim the gospel, we will be persecuted. And we're supposed to take joy in that. And, you know, you went and you ran for Congress. There is no way to choose to be persecuted more than running for Congress, actually. And you were out there. I know you took an incredible amount of heat, but that's what we're called to do is we proclaim the truth regardless of the consequences. And when the consequences come, our job is to take joy in that. Mm-hmm. I get abused all over the country, everywhere I go, and not just by people on the left, people on the right who oppose me too. And I just know that I'm doing what I believe is right. I do what I feel God is calling me to do. I'm very prayerful about it. I don't, I don't take joy in the fact that it angers other people, but I do take joy in knowing that I'm just doing what I believe is right and what God calls me to do, no matter the cost. Yeah, and that that has to be, I think, the message for parents. You know, a lot of parents still struggling uh, to understand how do we navigate. I mean, you and I probably have kids, I would imagine, that are similar in age. You know, several of my kids now are in their late 20s and early yep. 30s. And I have a, still a 12-year-old because I did the whole, like, Mike Ferris, have kids till you're 57 years old. God route, bless you, know? you for that. I love I'll, that. I'll tell you. But so I feel like I'm in the sort of parenting, you know, vortex where I'm yep. teaching, you know, long division for the seven millionth time. <laughs> And I was talking to my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter, the other day. We were hanging out with her kids, and and I just told her I'm raising, you know, my youngest child in a very different world yeah. than I raised my oldest daughter in. You know, she she wasn't. I I wasn't thinking about uh, what you know a Big Bird was going to say on Sesame Street, right? right. I just knew that Big Bird was going to talk about the weather and the colors, and he might chide Bert and Ernie a little bit, you know, and Grover might pop up pop up and be angry. But I wasn't worried that they were going to start teaching my daughter about reparations. And I wasn't worried that Disney was going to come in and scream, slaves built this country, while my innocent little kid is sitting in front of a cartoon. But that's the reality of the world we're in right now. Yeah, it's completely different. And, you know, it's funny. You talk about the big family and the Ferris style family. I've literally, my one regret in life is I didn't understand the joy of big families. I have two kids. I love them dearly. It's perfect. I wish I had a whole lot more. And I really admire people like you have big families. I think there's so much joy in it. And I think we're doing what God intended us to do when we have big families. And I love the fact that you have the wisdom. You've, you parented kids that are in their 30s. You now have one that's 12. You have a lot more wisdom now than you did when you parented the one that is in her 30s. And you need a lot more wisdom right now. 
you know, and I also love that your kids know this stuff and talk about this stuff. We always did that with my kids. Uh, my son went into the Marine Corps, came out, became a lawyer. He now works for America First Legal. And so he's a warrior for the cause. You know, he's in the fight. Uh, my daughter went to work for Texas Public Policy Foundation doing what you love, which is she's she's an education reform expert. Yep. Uh, about six months ago, she came to work for us running our operations. That's mm-hmm. why you were saying right before we went on the air that your producer had just left and that was your son. And I just That's thought, right. I love that because my daughter's <laughs> with us too in the fight. This is a really important thing for those of you who are watching. We live in a time when you better raise your kids to be in the fight. And mm-hmm. being in the fight doesn't necessarily mean you do what Heidi or I do professionally, where you're professionally in the fight. But all of us are in the fight, whether you're just going to a school board meeting, sometimes, Heidi, and I think this is some of the hardest stuff, it's just speaking truth in a social circle. You know, you're at a mom's lunch or a PTA meeting, and somebody says something crazy and woke, and you have a natural, all of us do a natural tendency to say, "Eh, I don't really want to cause any trouble here. Right, right. And when you do that, you create a vacuum for evil, right? So the evil thing gets said, the bad thing gets said. Oh, yes, you know, girls can be boys and boys can be girls. And you sit back because you don't want to cause trouble. That's your moment. That's when you should step up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't let that slide. God Mm. made men and women. God made boys and girls. We can't change that by our own desire. So sometimes being in the fight just means in the moment you're willing to stand up and say the difficult thing. Oh, man, I, I love that you said that because uh, it, it resonates with me because most of the people listening to this show are not going to run for Congress. Oh. Most of them are not going to start, you know, you're, you're like uh, you're like sort of a Mike Ferris in politics. I asked him one time if he'd ever has a Napoleon moment like, you know, you started Patrick Henry College and HSLDA and, you know, you've, you've been over there at yep. ADF and now he's, you know, running, running, running around the country. And we're not all called to do the same thing, but we are all called to speak the truth. Every single one of us are called to speak the truth wherever God puts us. So whatever that sphere of influence is, whether it's you're sitting in the lunchroom with your kid and you hear a conversation that you know is absolutely backward, you're completely right. I think we miss those moments often because we're afraid and we don't want to stir the pot, don't want to make anybody feel awkward. But when we don't speak that wicked idea, that bad ideology, that lie then takes root. So maybe it takes root around the lunch table, you know, in in your place of business, or maybe it takes root uh, in the school district that you live in and you heard the lie, but you didn't root it out, you know, or at least don't water it, you know, at least at least make it uncomfortable. Like, wow, look, you're not going to survive much because I live here, you know, and and I think they have the opportunity to speak the truth. And when we don't take it, evil takes root. Yeah, but I also want to acknowledge that that's really hard. It is hard. And I get it. And, and I think for you and I, it's not as hard because this is what we do and we're expected to do this and we have a platform where we do this. And when we do it, we've got a lot of people who support us for doing it. Even when we get attacked, that's easier to be honest with you than sitting yeah. at the lunchroom table with a bunch of moms and somebody says something woke, you look around the table and nobody else is going to say the thing that needs to be said. And it's you. That moment is very difficult. And I would just recommend people of faith, especially that's the moment where you just lean on Jesus Mm. and you just say, you know, I'm going to say the Lord, I'm about to say the thing. I know it's going to be hard. But also I would encourage you probably three other people sitting around that table with you. They're thinking exactly what you think. And they're waiting to see if anybody has the courage to say it. Mm. 
It's that's right. I I've just you know I'm I don't know five six months now out of my my run for for uh, Congress, and I'm starting to have more and more people. This is so interesting to me. More people now than when I was actually running will stop me in the grocery store or stop me in Costco, wherever it is that I am. And they'll say, you know, are you Heidi St. John? When the first people started asking me, I was like, who wants to know? (laughs) And then they're starting to, I think they were just afraid, you know, afraid to jump into the fray. Don't want to talk to me about it when I'm in the middle of it. Because, you know, if I'm getting eggs thrown at me, then maybe they're going to get hit, you know. Uh, And I do think you're right. It's a very difficult thing. And the culture is hostile toward the things of God right now. But that's where that courage and faith comes from. You know, it's getting up every morning. And I, I told a mom the other day, I don't think you get to take your armor off when you go to sleep anymore. I think it's pretty much over. Yeah. I think you can loosen it up a little. <laughs> but then when you wake up in the morning, you got to pick up your screwdriver and go, wah, 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 yep. and, and tighten it back up again because the war is real. You know, uh, you mentioned Rob McCoy, and I heard him say something recently uh, in, a, in a private conversation that was, I didn't even hear it. It was relayed to me that Rob said, I love it when I'm taking incoming fire. Like that's when life is at its best. That's when I know I'm doing the work that the Lord wants me to do. Boy, that sounds like Rob. Right? Because if you think about it, the enemy is out there all the time and he does not like it when we stand. And that means you're going to take incoming. And to hear that statement, because that's how I feel. I'm taking incoming. Now it just gives me joy. It's like, I'm in the right place. Satan's really angry. Yeah, Satan's angry about this. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good perspective, Mark. I'll try to adopt that on more on a more consistent basis as as we go forward. Uh, you've got in the in the couple of minutes that we've got left here. You travel and speak all over the country, and uh, it's so encouraging to me to see people who are really dedicated to uh, the the principles of freedom and are willing to step into the fray, willing to get onto the front lines. Uh, it's no joke. I mean, you're saying it's easy, but it really isn't easy. I mean, I think leadership is a, I think it's easy. It's easy. It gets easier to open your mouth and say yes. the hard thing, but, uh, but the stakes are high and the, and the battle is real. I think the, the worn out, you see a lot of people that sort of maybe take a step back because they're just worn out from the day to day of it. You just kind of want to just put your sword down for a while and say, Hey, we're going to have, we're going to take a lemonade break. I'll be back in three months and uh, get back into the fight. But what you're doing is so important, you know, talking to people about the principles of freedom and what made this nation great. And the more people, the more voices that we have like yours, I think the greater the chances that we can actually turn the ship around. Where can people find you uh, if they're curious? Who's Mark Meckler guy and how can I go heckle him? Yeah, the best place is at conventionofstates.com. If they want to see more of the private side, they can find me at markmeckler.com. That's where you're going to catch pictures of the dogs and all that crazy stuff. I also want to remind people that Mike Ferris rejoined Convention of States. Uh, He retired from ADF as the CEO of ADF and came back, asked me if there was a home for him here, which there will always be a home for Mike Ferris anywhere I am. Come on. Uh, Rick Santorum joined the organization. So we've got, I think, one of the greatest fighters for life in American history with the organization. So join us. Get into the fight. Come to conventionofstates.com because we'd love to have you. And I know you're already here. And I just want you to know how much I appreciate that what you do, that you're in the fight, that you do this show, that you have a voice. You said 16 million downloads. Is that uh, last time? I I mean, I think we're coming up on 18 now. That's unbelievable. I'm really proud of you. Thanks for sticking with it. Well, you know what? It's it's amazing to me. I I love that God's letting me have a platform, and 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 I really love that people are hungry for truth. And I think it's an indicator, like you said at the 
at the top of the hour, I think it's an indicator that people are ready to go, okay, we we tried the tolerance route and apparently they didn't want tolerance. They wanted totalitarianism. They both start with T. We just misunderstood each other, you know, nope. and so yeah. we're coming, we're coming back around and I am a super fan uh, of what you're doing, obviously, and of Convention of States. And I hope I'm going to see you out on the road and maybe we can, maybe we can uh, rabble rouse a little bit together. You I know, would love just, that. It's like I'm imagining, you know, you and Mike Ferris, Wonder Twin Powers, you know, <laughs> activate. So I'm, I'm waiting. I imagine if we get all three of us in a room, it could be dangerous. It could, it could be dangerous. I like that. You want to be dangerous for freedom. I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Well, Mark Meckler, it's just a joy to have you. Thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your insight and being a hope dealer today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Heidi. You guys want more information on my guest day, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to the show notes, and I will link back to all things Mark Meckler and Convention of States there today. As usual, you guys, I'm going to encourage you again, join me at MomStrong International, where we're studying through what God says about the role of women in the culture. This is a study not to be missed. You're going to love it. It will bless and encourage you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.